Thank you for joining me tonight, Stephanie Lane's Institute, Esthetician Chat. We will be discussing and talking about your private label plan. It's so amazing that um, the masterclass that I just did was how to transition from branded products to private label. And I really took a different approach with this specific masterclass. And I've done this masterclass probably four times now in my career with um, the mentoring groups that I've had and then all of the private one-on-one trainings I've done. I've always had a section dedicated to private label. So this particular masterclass, I really did very differently because I felt that most people don't actually have a plan. They decide that they want to have private label. They then maybe put some money aside, but then they don't understand that transitioning has to be very planned out. And this can be a plan two or three years. This is not something that just happens like overnight. And I find that most people who go into private label, they don't really have a strategic plan. They know what they want. They understand that what they've been selling in the branded product is really well, but they want to emulate that with private label. And I truly believe that that is the number one detrimental issue with beauty businesses that go from branded to private label. They don't have a plan. They replace the money makers that were in their business instead of accompanying them or making them um, continue. And then they expect it to be a short amount of time. So my voice is going to go in and out. So I do apologize. If it gets really, really bad, I'll have to cut this short. But I have my water. So um, I've saved my voice. But yeah, I want to get into the process because it's a plan. So let's start with our money issues. The money issues are always going to be something that's going to tag us in a bigger place, right? Let's go back to cost per service. I am so sorry. Our cost per service is going to tell us how much money we make on services. Retail, there's really not a plan. I like to see my revenue come from my products be two to three times. So let's example, if I pay $10 for a product, I want to sell that product for 30 or 40. I'm holding on guys. Anyway, that's my markup. So if I get a private label product and I can buy it for $5, I'm still going to sell it at the 30. So the numbers are there. Our problem is, is the money we've made on our retail. We try to replace that number one moneymaker and you can't do that when you're introducing your branded product, meaning your private label. So if I've made, I'm going to throw a random number out, $10,000 a month on the existing products I have, and I make the decision to one day say, I want to bring in private label. Okay. So you have your $10,000 that's consistently coming in for six, eight, nine months. The problem that I see with most beauty businesses is they will take that $10,000 And they will cut into that instead of adding to it. So they don't, like you don't realize you have to keep that $10,000 coming in from the branded products. And you may take one private label item that will accompany your best seller. That is the the key. I'm going to add something that I don't have that's going to have my name on it. Most businesses would take the top five that they've had 
from that branded line and they'll try to emulate it. So if you have a serum that is your number one serum, instead of you using the private label to add a product that will accompany that serum, you will do a private label that competes with that serum and then you lose at the end. So when I was, when I started private labeling, and this is before I started doing custom formulation, which is what I have now, but private label is always to go with whatever you're selling. So if I had a serum that was my number one seller, I'm going to sell a product that complements the product, not emulate that product. So I would never do a private label with a serum when my number one product, even branded is a serum. I would do something that goes along with that. It would either be an eye treatment. It would be a mask that goes with that serum. It would be um, even in a piece of equipment or a jade roller or whatever you want to do. But I would not emulate my number one selling product. And the reason you have to have a plan going into private label is because if you don't know the top five, seven, eight SKUs in your retail range, but you decide, oh, I want to go ahead and just private label what has been selling well, you're going to lose. You're going to lose the money on the branded products and you're going to be wasting money on your private label because you didn't strategically sit down and say, I can't take this away because this is what's been giving me my income. But what can I do that will allow and go with that number one, number two, number three, number four, number five product? And that is why masks are the first place I say to private label. I always say go to an eye treatment, go to a body product. Do not copy your top sellers because the top sellers are always going to be the top sellers. And the sad thing is, is that if you stop selling the top sellers, the clients are going to find somebody else to buy the top sellers from. So strategic planning, your private label has to have the understanding that this is going to take years. And I'm saying that plural, not one, not two. Sometimes it can be five, but the plan has to implement that time. So if you know your top five and you have some products that you want to private label, you're going to go and add products that either you don't already have or that are going to really add to the ones that have been bringing you income. You can't cut the income. And that's something that I've coached on for a long time because I've had so many different businesses that have come to me and said, we private labeled but it's really just sitting on the shelf. And I always say, what was your first initial thoughts in your plan to implement it? I don't, I, I, I will never poo-poo private label because I do think it has a place and a time in, in a business if that's where you're needing to go. What I, always, what I tried to ask and be very specific on was what was your thoughts on how you wanted to market and sell it that would never take away from your existing income. They always give me that blank stare or I have dead silence because that, that thought is never thought about when you start the process of private labeling. So, and I'm telling you, your past, you know, your labs, you've met with the company, you've had samples, you know what you want. What in that process did you really sit down and say, how am I going to do this and not take away from the money that I'm consistently making now? That's where I find most businesses fail at the plan part and then bringing in the private label and then making money from the private label. <clears throat> the whole point of you doing private label is to one, lower your costs to have a bigger revenue, buy it in bulk, 
and put your name on it. So the only way people can get it is from you. But if they don't see that, and it's not marketed, sampled, used in services, then it's not going to do anything but sit on the shelf. Like I have really done mentoring and coaching with people on this specific topic. And I've not to this day found one that has had a strategic plan that has been honest, meaning it was two to three years. And the products they brought in would accompany the existing branded. Their goal was to get rid of branded. And here's the thing. I I understand that goal. If there's no plan and you don't know your numbers, then you could be losing money because you have to invest into that private label. And then you got rid of what was making you money. The clients are still going to want that branded product, which is why I say, if you bring in private label, make sure that it, it goes along with what you already have and then offer products that you don't have and then sample the hell out of it. Use it in a treatment. Talk about it. Demo it. Like all the things that you did when you brought in that branded line, you got to do even more with your private label. But see, we get mixed up and we get messed up because we're so excited that we have a product line that has our name and our logo, which is great. But you can't dip into what has been consistently giving you income. I'll never forget, I met someone who told me that there's a product line that's on the market. It's pretty popular that they spent probably $20,000, $30,000 on emulating that line that was already branded, right? And I just looked at her like, why? What What was your motivation behind that? Well, it sold so well. So I just figured if I could copy it and have my name on it, it would sell just as well. And I said, okay, so how is that going? Let's, let's get to the real conversation. She's like, I'm not making any money. And I said, okay, so tell me why, why do you think you're not making money when you emulated a line that does really well in your business? Um, what do you think is the reason it's not selling? And she's like, People were so used to coming and getting the branded product from me that I thought if I could make it smell the same and do the same things that they would trust me enough to use the private label that I created. And so she didn't really do private label. That's custom formulation. And that's a lot of money to custom. In in lab talk, when you custom formulate something, you're going by ingredients. So if you take an existing product and you take it to a lab and say, I want to copy this, they're going to want a lot of money up front to do it because it takes lab time. They're also going to want a minimum that you need to guarantee them that you're going to make for the time they spent creating it. Then you have bottling and you have labels and all those other things. So it's, it's a bigger process. It's a more expensive process. So I just looked at her and said, okay, so you have a branded product that made you a lot of money. You took the revenue and you invested into custom formulation, which is beyond private label now. You copied exactly the branded product. You put your name on it, got beautiful bottles. You did, you did your thing. You got samples, all the things, but nobody's buying it. She's like, yeah. So why didn't you, and I asked her, why didn't you just take what was selling well and then take something that went along with it? So if the number three, top three were clear cleanser, serum, and moisturizer, why didn't you do a toner with that? Why didn't you do 
a body product that smelled the exact same way so that they would have the recognition that would go along with it? Or why didn't you make a body cleanser that smelled the same way that was your private label or your custom product that would go along with your top three? Why, why didn't you do that? She's like, well, I felt that if I got rid of that and I gave them something that looked and smelled exactly the same, that they would buy it. And I said, well, here's the thing. We're beyond that now. They're not buying it. You spent almost 50 grand on this entire creation. What are you going to do now? She's like, well, I have a contract where I have to give so much to the lab saying I'm going to buy a year. Um, I don't think I'm going to renew that. I think I'm going to go back to the branded product. And I said, wait, 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 you've, you've spent all this money and you're going to turn around and sell the, go back to the branded. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm so sorry that you made this big of investment. What would you do differently if you had the opportunity? And she said, I would never do and spend that much money. And I would never do it in this way. I would do what you're telling me to do, which is something that I didn't have that could have my name on it that would go along with what I was already selling. I said, okay, how do you save or recoup that 50 grand that you have? Is there any way you can do it in a bundle? You can sell it with your services. You can do um gift with purchase, gift with service. What, what can you do to do that? And she was like, I guess I'm going to do that. But that was a lot of money to come up front with. And I said, here's the thing, something that was working for you in your business, you never want to copy or take it away. What you do on your own has to make a statement on its own. And it also has to be things that people cannot get. The whole purpose of you putting your name and your label on that bottle, jar, whatever, is so that they only come back to you to purchase. If you know that, then what you're doing is a strategic plan. So let's say you decided to do a body wash. You're going to sample that body wash. That body wash is going to be in the bathroom, on the sink. It's going to have your name on it. You're going to say, here's new, this, that. You're going to do every single thing you can marketing-wise to get it into people's hands so they try it, right? But that won't take away from the money you are consistently making every month on the branded. Branded is not bad. Our problem is, is we get so hung up on the idea that private label is going to make us all this other money. So we need to invest in that. And we got to get rid of the branded, not realizing the branded has a place. It's consistent. $10,000 a month on a branded product is good money. That's, that's $120,000 a year just on retail. That's good money. Can you make that with private label? Absolutely. Can you make more than that with private label? Absolutely. The issue is, is timing, marketing, and how you present it to the clientele that's trusted you all this time with the branded product. Are you willing to put that same energy and effort that you did with the branded product in your private label? And are you willing to stick to that two or three year plan to get to that $10,000 or more a month on your private label? See, the plan comes from time and understanding the time that it takes the same amount of time that it took when you opened your business with that branded product is the same amount of time you're going to have to put aside with your private label. The difference is you're not buying into a line. Now you're buying into actual products that accompany your branded so that eventually 
you'll phase out that branded product with your private label because now you're you're going to be strategically taking things away and adding to. And that's the issue that most businesses run into is they don't strategically plan it. They just say, oh, I want to go ahead and get rid of all of this. I'm going to have a cleanser, a moisturizer, a serum. I'm going to have a body product. I'm going to have a mask. I'm going to do all these things and it's going to sell. No, that's not necessarily true because there is a relationship that we have to keep in mind, right? People don't like change. If they're expecting to come in and get that branded product and it's on the shelf, they want it. They'll look at your private label and they'll say, oh, this is interesting. This is new. But they're going to go right back to the branding because that's the relationship. That's what they know. So I, I, I really emphasized um, in this specific masterclass that I wanted to give the steps and examples of whether you're doing hair removal or you're bringing on body products or you're doing skincare products in the private label range, the transition is super important. Not only do you need to know your numbers, not only do you need to have enough money to buy the stuff, but you need to understand where it falls into your business plan. Because the retail plan is different than the service, right? We have our cost per service. We can plug those numbers in, all of that. Retail comes 100% from revenue. So whatever you invest to purchase it, to buy it, and then what you make on it after you sell it, that's what goes back into purchasing more. Most of the time when you're private labeling, they typically want you to buy at least a minimum of 12 of the same item, right? And then the more you buy 12, 24, 48, 96, they'll give you quantity discounts per item. And then there's other things that they can manipulate, right? Especially if you can negotiate it. But my stance on it is it's not typically the purchasing of the product or even making the label or even looking at, you know, um, what design or logo you want to put on it. What's the name of the product? That's not usually the issue. The issue is how do you get people to buy it? And then how do you get people to buy it without taking away from the income that you've been getting on the branded? And then how long are you willing to be patient with the process itself? Because realistically, two to three years from some of us is a long time to wait to see a return on our investment. Most people want that return on investment at purchase. So if I'm going to spend $1,000 today, I want to see my return investment by the end of the month, right? We give, we give a time limit to it. Private label can't have a time limit to it because it takes time to build a relationship on your brand now. No different than when you buy a branded product, but now it's your private label. So now you got you to gotta invest time, energy, effort, samples, all of the things. But people don't want to. They, they really, they, they cut themselves off. But the potential for income is so much higher with private label. Your income will automatically go up just because of the what you're spending on, right? The amount of revenue you're going to get is going to go up. All of the things are going to increase. But if it's sitting on the shelf and not making any money because you didn't do the process right, then it's a wasted investment. And again, these are not cheap investments. Private label is typically, it's not cheap. Um, you know, if you think about how many products you have on your retail shelf that's branded, typically you're going to have that same amount 
in your private label line. And then sometimes more, because sometimes some companies consider your samples to also be a, an item or a SKU. So if you have 10 SKUs, then typically you'll have 10 sample SKUs as well. Because again, sampling is a whole um, side of the business that we don't talk about that we need to talk about because it's, it's a great way to get products in hands, but it also builds the trust with the client because now they want to be able to put it in their hands and then have a relationship with it once they touch it, feel it, smell it, and all of that. So the private label plan is, is a bigger plan than just finding a company and seeing how much you're going to make new. Because here's the thing, even if you find a great, great company and they work with you and they're willing to lower their quantities or whatever, you know, whatever agreement you come to, they're still at the end of the day going to get their money. The issue with a lot of beauty businesses that I find is you don't know what you don't know. So the folks love what you've had on the shelves and they love the treatments and everything that you've used and you've done a great job selling them on the branded. It's that transition from branded to your private label that will be the longest, most agonizing and frustrating process because you didn't take into account that just because your label's on it doesn't mean it's going to take not going to take any work. And I've seen quite a few businesses bring in private label and then after a year they've had to let it go or even some less than that. Because typically my rule of thumb is, is that if the product is on the shelf for 90 days and it hasn't moved, you got to discount it and get rid of it. Because every day that it's on your shelf, it's costing you money. So if you invest in a private label and you don't do it correctly and you have the product sitting on your shelf 90 days or more, at this point you've lost on your investment, right? So you're going to have to cut, sell, whatever. And even if you cut it or sell it or discount, it doesn't necessarily mean the clients are going to buy it anyway. So it's a very strategic thing that I find that most people don't really, they don't want to take the time to understand it. And it's not until you really dive deep into your numbers of, in your business that you can understand whether one, you can afford it. And two, you have the, you have the time to invest into it. Are you willing to put two to three years into a private label branded private label, your own label? Are you willing to do that? And if you are, that does not necessarily mean you get rid of the branded right away because that's your income. Once you get everybody over to your private label, then there's another beast that you have to kind of really reconcile with as well. Will you keep enough of it on your shelf? Because here's the thing about retail. People won't buy it if they don't see it in abundance. The reason why these folks in Sephora love Sephora is because every single corner in that daggone store is covered with the product. And if the product's not on the shelf, it's in the drawer down below and they know it. They're going to call somebody. Can I get this? Is it in the drawer? Because we ask, right? Beauty businesses, I find they don't put enough on the shelf so that the client doesn't have the fortitude to say she has enough. So if I buy mine, I know she's not going to be out. So once you have transitioned people to your private label, now it's keeping up with the stock and being consistent with the stock. People don't like waiting lists. They don't like you can order it now and I'll send it to you when it comes in or you can pay for it now. And then no, if they're out of cleanser, they're out of the cleanser. 
So that's why when you really start understanding the bigger picture, even if you have a full private label line, now you got to keep up with it. So if you have 10 SKUs, you need to make sure all 10 SKUs are in stock at all times. It comes down to the bigger understanding of your purchasing, your buying power, and then now are you buying ahead? Do you buy in anticipation of? So if I know that my spring and summer, those six months, seven months are my busiest in my business, do you purchase in February in anticipation for spring and summer? Or do you wait, see if the people going to come in and then you buy? And most people have lead times. Most businesses have lead times. So it, it's, it's not just getting to the private label. Once you get there and everybody is on it, now you got to keep up with it. And that's something we don't talk about with private label either. We don't really talk about purchasing at all, even whether you have a branded product or not. We don't really talk about that. Most people don't discuss or understand the importance of the image of what your shelf looks like. So if your shelf looks scarce, people are not going to buy. If your shelf looks full, people will buy. It's just psychological. I don't know. I don't understand. I've never really understood it, but I've seen it over and over again. If you have one thing on your shelf, they ain't go buy it. But if you have six of the same item, they'll buy it. It was so funny. I went to um, a spa and um, of course, everybody goes to the retail, right? We go to the retail. We just want to look at the retail. We want to look at all the products. And every first box on every shelf was empty. And I'm like, why is this empty? Oh, that's, you know, the tester box. Okay, so where's the product then? Oh, no, it's over here. So you think people are going to go and shake boxes to find product? Got it. Okay. That wasn't a good strategic plan either. Why are you having an empty box like it's full of product and then it's empty? If I, if I picked it up and that was my first thought, I'm not buying this. There's nothing in it. Mm. Yeah, we're not going to buy anything because I don't want to get home and think I have a product because I felt something and then I don't. Have it. Mm. So we really have to come a full circle when it starts looking at the perception of what we want. So if I want everyone to get on my private label. I want everybody to buy it, then I have to have enough so that everybody can buy it, which means I have to know my numbers in order to buy enough to not only have on the shelf, but to have overstock. So when I run up on the shelf, I can refill it and no one's going to look and say, oh, she doesn't have enough. So I'm going to, someone behind me may need it. I don't really need it. I can wait. I can wait till next week. No, everybody that comes into your business, you want them to spend money. They're coming to spend money with you. So you provide the opportunity for them to spend money with you. We also don't do that great of a job at providing opportunities for them to give us money. We don't, we don't do that because sometimes we think too much like a consumer. And then when we put that business owner mind back on, we fall short. And then it becomes, well, I can buy it and it's going to come in next week, or I can drop ship it to you. All those things that people who are in your business want to have it now. So I say all of that to say the private label game 
is amazing when you get to the finish line, but it's a long process to get when you do it right. But if you don't do it right, you're going to waste money that you don't have. You're going to shake the foundation of trust with your clients because you're flim flamming all over the place. And you're also not giving yourself the opportunity to understand the customers and clients you have and how they buy. Because you will have some that have been with that branded product that will be diehard with that branded product, even if they trust you and they understand it, they still may buy what you have in their face and then go home and get on the internet and buy that branded product because that relationship just can't be shook, right? And I realized that when I started looking at um, the way I was doing business, my private label was amazing for the little time that I had it. But at the same time, I really started understanding that if I could implement the retail that I had in my back bar, so it was introduced to them in the skincare service, I would have a better chance at selling it. And that's one thing that you have to really take in account. How often can they experience what they're what you want them to buy? Because Retail and back bar go together. And that's why sometimes I don't really understand businesses that have products in the back bar that they don't retail. Like to me, that just never made sense. Um, And I understand there's some things that you can just use in the back bar, but for the most part, your cleanser, your serum, your moisturizer, your SPF, those are things that you should be retailing that you're actually using. I've never, I've never done the opposite. I've really kind of stayed together with that. So many of you guys know, if you're not new, I do my first 30 minutes um, for my podcast that's available. You can rewatch all of the conversations that I've had or re-listen, I'm sorry, to all the conversations I've had in Clubhouse. And then on Clubhouse, we open up the last half hour for Q&A. So even if you have any questions, you can definitely come up and we can discuss them on my podcast. If you're interested in taking any of my um, masterclasses, you can go to stephanielanes.com. And uh, we have a wonderful masterclass community. It's only $25 a month and you have access to all of our masterclasses. Okay, thanks guys. And we'll come back soon.